Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, and here's your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show on WKRM 103.7 FM. Today on the School Bus, we have a very special edition. We are going to be talking about the state of the schools with special guest, Superintendent Michael Hickman. Welcome, Michael. Hey, good morning. We have Assistant Superintendent of Instruction, Scott Gaines. Welcome, Scott. Good morning. And we have Assistant Superintendent of Operations, Mr. Eric Perriman. Welcome, Eric. Good morning, Jack. Thanks for coming, guys. Um, Let's go ahead and give a little introduction for people that don't know you on the radio and our listening listening audience. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself, Mr. Hickman. Well, uh, first of all, thank you. And I think this is a a much-needed time that we needed to do is just kind of take a pause in the middle of the year and let's just start talking about what we're doing and what we're going to be doing moving forward. So I really appreciate this time to do that. And I'm Michael Hickman. I am superintendent of Murray County Public Schools, and I'm honored to have that position. And um, I really feel that, you know, we have gone through a lot in the first five months I've been here and um, just really having to learn a lot about this new COVID thing. And I'm excited to be here to talk about some of these things. Man, I'm glad you're here. Uh, thanks for coming. And Mr. Scott Gaines, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, good morning again. I'm also very happy to be here. I'm Scott Gaines. I'm the Assistant Superintendent Instruction. Uh, I've been in the system. This this is my 29th year. So I've uh, been around and, and, and really have enjoyed working with uh, the students and staff and teachers in the system and looking forward to uh, have, have really think we've had a a good start and looking forward to continuing on uh, working uh, this year. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting second semester. And you too, Mr. Perriman, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, Good morning, Jack. I believe this may be the the third or fourth time being back with you, and it's always good to be here. Absolutely. Uh, My name's Eric Perriman. Uh, I am the Assistant Superintendent of Operations. Uh, Been a little less time than Mr. Gaines. Been here 23 years in multiple roles throughout the district. Uh, right now serve in operations, which quick definition of operations is if it's not learning, it's us. Uh, food services, buses, maintenance, construction, safety, anything that falls into that kind of realm is what we do. And uh, and have had a, an interesting year, as they said, with COVID, trying to keep everybody in school, trying to get them to school and keep them safe on a multiple schedules and and multiple pivots but i'm uh, very happy to be here it's christmas everyone went home safe and uh, and we're we're thrilled to have this break right now thanks eric for coming today um you're absolutely right there's there's a lot of things that your department does that are behind the scenes that we don't really think about um we we really um are academic uh, and instructions so thank you all thank you guys all for being here today um let's jump right into some things and talk about some of our um School accomplishments. Mr. Hickman, what did we just experience here recently? Hey, you know, the first big thing I want to do a huge shout out to is yesterday I got to experience my first uh, Shaq Christmas. And, man, that was a blessing. That was a true blessing to get to see Mm -hmm. someone giving back to their community. And I just want to thank the Shaq Mason Foundation and all the volunteers that were there. Yesterday he blessed uh, Highland Park Elementary. Yes. it was just a phenomenal sight to see, and I, I have to say, a lot of eyes were getting teary yesterday. Of the <laughs> Yours and mine and a few in the audience, <laughs> yes, and I heard a lot of truth. amens going on, too. It was quite an amazing experience. It was also my first time to be there live. I had seen it online. And and if you don't know what Shaq Mason's Christmas is, is he picks a school every year just to give a blessing to, and he makes sure that every student in that building gets Christmas presents. and. Uh, they had tablets, toys in every bag, and it was really neat to see that. And then they pick a family to bless, uh, a family that just needs that little extra help for Christmas and maybe just past Christmas. And yesterday, he his foundation was able to do that to one family and even gave the, uh, the person a car. Yes, he which, did. Uh, from Parks Motor Sales. From Parks Motors. And we appreciate all that. And like I said, I just can't say enough. I wanted to start out with that because what a blessing to have that in our community. It was amazing. Um, I was really good with it. I took a lot of pictures and did some videos, and we shared some of that on our social media. We'll go ahead and share some more of the pictures here in, in the very near future. Um, 
but it, it was kind of an emotional event. Um, seeing all those happy faces, those children, the, and the, and the, and the, the Shaq family there, the entire family. I think his brother did a, a fantastic job being Santa Claus. Oh, well, uh, Mr. Cobb now, that was Santa Claus. Oh, that's <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> You're right. Um, yeah, that was a really cool event. Um, thank you the, to the Shaq Mason Foundation and the family and everybody, every one of the elves that were involved helping out and handing out the gifts. Um, can't tell you how, how important that is to our community. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, switch gears again. Let's talk about an award that was recently given out, Mr. Gaines, called the RTIB. So RTIB stands for Response to uh, Intervention with Behavior. Uh, as you know, our school system has been working for several years, working on uh, helping students close gaps through uh, response to intervention in the academic side. Uh, in the, over the past um, two years, we've been focusing specifically, uh, we've been balancing both, working on academics and behavior. And uh, one of the things I'd like to highlight during this time is these schools uh, achieve these accomplishments, you know, uh, at this time, with, with COVID going on and the pandemic, it's uh, uh, very important to attend as kids' uh, social-emotional uh, learning needs. And uh, we're just proud of these schools that achieve these accomplishments. Uh, Highland Park is a goal-level school. That means they've reached the top level of uh, their processes and Wasn't procedures. Wasn't that for multiple years, too? Yes, and this is their second year in yeah. a row of achieving that. Uh, McDowell was a silver level. And they're, you know, they're ready, you know, in the next year, I'm sure they'll achieve gold status. And then we also had three schools at the bronze level, uh, Howell Elementary, Riverside Elementary, and Spring Hill High School. And then we also had uh, three schools of recognition, Joseph Brown Elementary School, Marvin Wright Elementary School, and Mount Pleasant Elementary School. And that's, you know, over close to half of our schools being recognized for their accomplishments in response to intervention and behavior. Awesome. I really like that when I see that. Um, Mr. Uh, Hickman or, or Mr. Perryman, can you tell me a little bit, or Mr. Gaines, can you tell me a little bit about this huge welding checks that were presented out in Mount Pleasant? Yeah, we're certainly proud of the accomplishments of Mount Pleasant High School. They uh, managed to uh, uh, seek out a grant, and they uh, had have, uh, received grants in the amount of $25,000 and uh, $10,000 that will allow them to start a uh, uh, continuing welding program. Uh, as you know, uh, welding is an uh, important skill used everywhere. It's vital in our community. And, uh, you know, even that allowed, you know, some students to be able to come right out of high school and go to work and, and make a uh, really uh, decent wage. Yeah, uh, that's absolutely. That's a high skill, uh, valuable uh contribution to the community and and right now jack uh, our maintenance department is down what we're doing we've gone into one of the existing shop spaces in mount pleasant and we're retrofitting that uh actually coming in building new welding booths building a a wall that separates that kind of getting their equipment up to date and then right before i walked out to come over miss brown just came to me um, uh, central high school has actually built a building that we're going to move down to mount pleasant high school that they'll store uh, their metal and, and different types of things that they need for this program in there. So it's kind of been a a, a fast pace that they're getting this mm -hmm. done, but it's it's a really good program that's coming to them pretty That's quickly. really awesome. Um, all the things going on. Mr. Gaines, do you have something else? Yeah, and I was just going to say I'm really proud of uh, uh, Dr. Brown, the, the director's uh, uh, career and technical education, and her efforts to achieve grants that uh, align with our system and really help to support the career and technical education program. She's really done a lot with uh, getting STEM grants and, and our middle schools that really help with uh, – uh, giving our students that career path so that uh, when they get to high school, they're able to enroll in some of those courses that will really enhance uh, their uh, high school years. Excellent. Mr. Heckman, did you have anything to add? I do. You know, and these are great things that are happening in our community right now with some of these grants and some of these courses that we're looking at in the CTE. And uh, 
I have to say that Murray Alliance has just put out the Alon Murray survey, and we're really excited about seeing those results because we feel like as we prepare our students, we want to be make we want to make sure that we are aligned to what our community needs. And part of these things in CTE is we want to be able to produce students that choose to go a path straight into industry, can walk out of high school and be able to do that. And going back to the welding, we we know there are uh, several positions within our community that they're needing welders in other positions. So we try, we're trying to keep all of this aligned so that way we can really start producing students that our community is seeking to come to be ready to be employed. And kind of go along with the STEM, you know, this county has taken a huge step forward with its STEM program. We mm-hmm. had the whole Mount Pleasant area schools last year that became STEM uh uh, schools. Yeah, absolutely. And, and with that, we have other schools that have that as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have several more that have stepped out and said, hey, we're going to do that this year. Even though we're going through this intense year of COVID, mm-hmm. they still are wanting to try to pursue that to show that these are kind of the future jobs and careers that kids will be stepping into that we're going to have them prepared. That is awesome. And for our listening audience <clears throat> that might not know, STEM is science technology, engineering, and mathematics. Um, It's a great program. We have a lot of certified schools, and we're very, very proud of all the schools that are able to um, have STEM in their their, uh, school district, in their school. Okay, now let's, um, I'd be missed if I didn't tell everybody on the radio that we are actually broadcasting Mm -hmm. video of this um, show today, of the Big Yellow School Bus. We have multiple cameras set up in our studio here, so you'll be able to watch the radio show online starting somewhere Monday the 20th or Tuesday the 22nd, I believe is what our target date is to have this available online. Um, So that'll be interesting to see the radio show broadcast live uh, on video, not live. (laughs) All right, let's, um, let's get into the meat of some goals of Murray County public schools. Um, We, before our break, let's try to hit on some of the major things. Mr. Hickman, can you tell me about the district's vision and goals? Absolutely. Uh, we, when I stepped into this role, you obviously don't want to come into a, a district as a new superintendent and just start spitting out new visions and missions and goals. So over the last five months I've been here, I've been trying to collect information, understand what each school is focusing on, see what the community needs, and look, talking to folks at the district awful office. As it's well. not an awful it's office. Not. It's just an office. The district office. You can't be awful. So what, a slip. what a slip. A district office to make sure that, you know, we're looking at the past and, and, and aligning that with our future. And so for part of my leadership uh, training is we always need to go back to our mission and vision and make sure is that mm-hmm. what we really, mm-hmm. truly believe in. So in the next uh few months, what we're going to do is we're going to engage teachers, principals, uh, district office staff, as well as parents and other stakeholders to take a look at it. And I'm not advocating to change it. We just want to make sure, is that what we still believe in? Is that what we are still looking to do? As well as it may be, hey, we do, but we like to also add this or take that away. So we want to make sure, and this will be an annual thing for me to do, is every year we need to step back into that and look at that. And then when we start looking at the goals specifically for the district, you know, we really need the input of everybody. Where do you want to see our district going? What is most important to the schools? And then develop those goals based on, you know, what we truly see as a need and how do we get there? Excellent. Um, and along with goals and, and, and academic goals, uh, did you have something, Mr. Perriman? I did not. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, along with goals, academic goals are, are really huge. Mr. Gaines, would you like to talk about some of the academic um, goals that we're looking at and the vision of academics in the future? So each year, uh, the district uh, does a needs assessment and, and completes a, a district improvement plan. And, and, and you know, as a, all school districts have to do that. And as a part of that, we... Uh, uh, set some priorities for academics and what we want to do. And this particular year, uh, we're focusing on four areas. Um, and those have been the areas we've been focus on, focusing on uh, for the past two or three years, and they align with our strategic plan, and uh, we want to continue doing that. Uh, one of the things is, of course, safe and healthy students. 
Uh, we want to provide the environment that uh, where students are safe and they're healthy, and we know that's you know, especially important this year. Uh, we want to continue to pr- uh, improve our math achievement and growth. Uh, and then we also want to continue to pr- uh, improve K-12 literacy. So that's one of our goals that we're doing. And, you know, the final goal, of course, we want to have all students to become ready graduates. Now, we have students that graduate, but a ready graduate is the student that uh, uh, scores above 21, uh, 21 composite on the ACT. Uh, they've also taken some, uh, taken some uh, uh college or post-secondary opportunities and they have that under their belt and so if they can accomplish all those things we feel that they're more than a high school graduate they're already graduates so uh, those are basically our four district goals that we're looking at for the upcoming year. I love that. And I want to highlight something that um, I'm working on with the instruction team. Uh, MCPS, hashtag MCPS21, I believe, is the uh, the correct hashtag. Mr. Uh, Hickman, would you like to touch on any of that? Uh, One of the things is we want to make sure we are communicating to our parents and our stakeholders. What what does it mean to have a 21 in ACT? What are these AP courses? What do they do for your, your child? We want to make sure that we are transparent and communicate these things out because there's a lot of benefit in the, having a 21 at ACT. There's a lot of benefits with taking these dual enrollment to these AP classes. Uh, for my own personal example is my daughter. She just started college this year, but she started as a sophomore because she had enough of those credits from AP and dual, dual credit to make sure they could do that. Okay, Mr. Mr. Uh, Perriman, uh, do you have anything? I know you are in charge of operations, but you used to be more involved in the academics also, right? I, I was. Uh, for a long time, I was a, a principal um, and, and taught for a while before that. Uh, I think what they're, they're focusing on and, and what they're trying to relay to students is just really sometimes what we forget to tell them is, is why you're doing and what you're doing. Uh, not just do it because we said, but trying to show them that importance of how you move forward. Uh, my daughter did the same thing. She went in a year ahead, uh, and, and it was so nice, especially when my son comes along and he didn't. And you understand <laughs> after that how nice it Absolutely. was that she went in ahead and that she took advantages of the opportunities uh, that maybe he didn't uh, see or, or or jump in on. But I think they're focusing right where they should be. You know, it is quite impressive that you can get that far ahead where you can skip an entire grade of college mm-hmm. the, the freshman year and become, start as a sophomore. That's pretty cool. Congratulations to your daughter. Oh, well, congratulations to me and my wife because that saved us a year tuition. And there you go. That always helps, too. Whenever you can save a little bit of money on the college tuitions, that's a big plus. Um, Mr. Uh, Gaines, did you have anything else to add on the academics front? Because we're getting ready to go to a break. Uh, no, no. I, I, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, talk about our district goals. It's always important to let people know where we're headed. And uh, so we, we're always glad to set that direction. Well, when we come back from break, we're going to continue on some of the goals. We're going to talk about sports. Mr. Hickman, that's one of your favorites. I know you like to go to the games, especially being a previous basketball coach. Um, we're going to talk with Mr. Perriman about some of the things going on in our buildings. And the anticipated growth in Murray County, um, as you know, it's already expanding and growing like crazy. So I'm Jack Cobb. I'm your uh, bus driver on the Big Yellow School Bus. We're here with Superintendent Michael Hickman, Assistant Superintendent Scott Gaines, and Assistant Superintendent Eric Harriman. We will be back after the break. Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools will be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show on WKRM 103.7 FM. We're here with a state of the schools with Superintendent Michael Hickman, Assistant Superintendent Scott Gaines, and Assistant Superintendent Eric Perriman. Guys, thanks for coming today. Glad to be here. Before the break, we were talking about our goals, district vision and goals. Um, Mr. Hickman, I said uh, we would get back into this and let's talk about sports. Everybody loves sports. Everybody loves sports and everybody's passionate about sports. Absolutely. Uh, You know, we went through a training with the military this weekend and they said the three things you never talk about 
is religions, politics, and sports. <laughs> and uh, it, it can be very passionate. And here in Columbia and Murray County as a whole, people are passionate about their sports. Uh, so many people went to Columbia or Spring Hill or Mount Pleasant, and they really wanted to see their sports do well. And I've been asked this several times, what's my intention for sports? And the first thing I have to do is look in, in and I'll repeat what I've said before, is we have to take a good look at the district level first. Are we providing what resources the schools need to be able to be successful in sports at the district level. And with that said, we have to realize that just like academics, sports also provides opportunities to students to get uh, college educations where they may know where no other can and no other avenues in, in high school. So become the next Shaq Mason, become the next Shaq Mason. <laughs> and we just want to make sure as long with sports and our arts, as well as academics, that we are opening every opportunities up for students that we can so they can be successful and have maybe a, a route to go to college or these secondary opportunities. Excellent. I am a big fan of sports. I'm a football fan. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I like to watch my NFL and my college and the high school games. I'm mm-hmm. thankful that a lot of the games are broadcast either on the radio or on television nowadays for Friday Night Lights, which is so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, basketball. Tell, tell us a little about your past in basketball, Mr. Hickman. Well, uh, uh, when I became a teacher, you know, I was one of those that was just really wanting to coach. And I started by coaching, actually, baseball in middle school. And then as I moved on to another school, I started helping with basketball and became a coach in basketball. And uh, I've really coached a lot more on the girl side than the boy side. I've always helped coach with, with the boy side, but on several opportunities I've been able to be a head coach for the girl side. Um, it, it's just another part of school that leaves some of those lasting memories for me that I, I just enjoyed it so much to be able to teach them the game, to teach them those fundamentals in school skills. And that's both baseball and basketball. And, uh, you know, I, that was the biggest part, stepping in administration, that I've just truly missed is being part of those coaching opportunities. Well, I think in an administrative uh, role, you technically are still a coach <laughs> because you are uh, looked up to and then you help um, people and coach them along with their, their roles and responsibilities and their job. Um, so teaching, administrating, it's all a little bit of coaching also. Absolutely. And in an academic area now, we even have positions called coaches in academics. So there is a transfer of what both do. And um, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Um, As we all like sports, Mr. Gaines, would you like to talk anything about your favorite sport? or Have you been a coach before? Yes, I have. I coached uh, coached high school and and, and middle school football uh, in my uh, experiences here in Murray County Schools. I did not know that. That's very cool. Yeah. I know the impact of uh, sports, and and you know, uh, like you said, you could become another Shaq Mason, and but you know, uh, Shaq Mason could have uh, been an academic uh, college. He he had the academics too, and, yes, and he that did. was so uh, important that uh, uh, we have lots of athletes like that who. Uh, not only have the you know academic prowess, but they also have the academic prowess too. Yeah, Mr. Perman, have you had any coaching experience in your years with the district? Yeah, I was I was a head coach for middle school for baseball for five years, uh, and and the first day I became that I started working Murray County, uh, my teacher at the time or my principal at the time, Mary Brown, Mary Real, came up to me and said, uh, "You've been drafted to be the announcer for all football and ba- uh, basketball games." <laughs> I like to call that being voluntold. Yeah, I was voluntold. So for uh, for Cox <laughs> Middle School for uh, 14 years, even after I was an assistant principal, I announced all football and uh, and uh, basketball games. Uh, so that's a little bit of a different take. I wasn't coaching, but I was there and kind of had to be involved in every minute of it. So. That actually sounds like a lot of fun being the announcer. You just got to be quick. I've watched the guys here on the radio and uh, do the uh, sports shows, and they are, I mean, you can't interrupt them. They are watching that field. They're very quick in responses to the plays so people know what's going on, especially when you're uh, listening to it on a radio That's show. That's true. All right, Mr. Perrin, right back at you. Let's talk a little bit about our school buildings and okay. facilities here in our uh, Murray County Public Schools. Well, well, currently we operate 24 different facil- or 23 different facilities that house 24 schools um northfield and horace o porter the the alternative program are both located in the horace o porter building so we have 24 programs in 23 schools 
varying in age from uh, our two new schools that are Battle Creek that are in their second year to our older schools who are, are in some cases pushing 50 or 60 years. Uh, so we've got quite a challenge to keep everybody on a, on a modern playing field. Some right. of Updates. our buildings were, um, yeah. yeah. Some of our buildings were designed long before the internet or, or even digital phones or anything that TVs that that came along. So, we try one on a on a technology end to keep everybody up to date, but then to make them function. Um, if you're a student at any of our schools, whether you're in a unit school or in one of our older elementary schools, if you you deserve for that building to be as functional as our new schools are. It may not have the bells and whistles, but the but the things that are in it should work. Uh, they should work with ease, and and that's really been our focus: trying to keep the bones of our building strong. We've done a lot of HVAC work. We're getting ready to start a program or a project next week. That's a three million dollar project that will basically. Redo all of the HVAC and a, and a huge portion of the electrical at Santa Fe Unit School. Very we'll good. make that building feel more like a, a new building. Mm-hmm. It'll it'll be comfort comfortable and, and climate controlled. So we do a lot of that. We're doing a lot right now of cleaning up our campuses. Folks sometimes think about the building but forget that we have about 750 acres of land around those buildings that we have to keep up and and we don't want it to to be anything that our community is ever looks at and, and is not proud of how it looks or it's not functioning so I we're dare, doing a lot of work aesthetically I dare on the say as well it's a lot of work keeping up with all these schools keeping them maintained keeping the lights on keeping the ac and the heat working properly so the children have a great uh, environment to go to um along with the buildings and i'm going to ask all three of you about this about the growth in our area we're experiencing murray county uh, some pretty good growth right now um new subdivisions going in people moving in from other areas they really like mule town usa columbia mm-hmm. um tell me a little bit about your your thoughts on the growth mr perriman and i'll get with you mr hickman and mr Gaines. you know we monitor growth pretty heavily through our transportation department and really keep up with rooftops and and new dwellings and where they're going where we see what we see pattern wise uh and we're seeing two things one there is a lot of new growth uh that's bringing people in from the outside and, and when we say that they're coming from everywhere when they contact us from trans at transportation department they're from from New York and Maine all the way to California. They're coming from lots of different areas. The other thing that we're seeing are some shifts in uh, our existing community as these new uh, neighborhoods build. Sometimes mm-hmm. people are moving from what was an existing neighborhood over to a new area. Yes. And so we're seeing population patterns shift. That that presents new opportunities in some of those older neighborhoods. We're seeing a lot of revitalization. We're picking kids up. Uh, in areas of town where we we historically maybe hadn't for a little bit because those areas had fallen off a little bit and now we see folks moving in but a lot of growth a lot of mapping for us and and jack as you know you've been in all of our sessions where we're talking to to the board about future buildings so Mm -hmm. we're got a real big eye on where everything is i see good stuff coming down the pipe mr hickman what are your thoughts on the growth that we're currently experiencing and plan to experience you know, Mr. Perryman said it all, and it's we're just seeing some phenomenal growth and some hot spots in our district that we know that we've got to really keep an eye on. And I think we need to stay proactive when we start talking about do we need new schools or do we need to expand schools? Um, because if we let it get away from us, we'll be trying to build working from behind, and we want to stay on top of that. Right. Yes. Mr. Gaines. I just uh, – in this process, you know, it's just uh, – we uh, uh, do a lot of collaboration with each other, operations and instruction to make sure that, you know, whatever we're doing, how it impacts learning. So uh, we know with growth, you know, that translates to more teachers, I uh, think translates to more learning spaces. So we always try to uh, uh, be ahead of the game and, and try to look uh, at a strategic standpoint of what do we need, how does that uh uh, how does that growth impact what we need in terms of budget? All right. Now let's shift gears and talk about the elephant in the in the community, COVID-19. Let's talk about something that um, when you came on board, Mr. Hickman, COVID-19 was hot and heavy going on in July when you started. Um, tell me some things about what the school district has been doing and, and where you see COVID-19. 
Well, when I did come on, we were just starting to experience the pandemic. And, you know, obviously last year at schools, the idea was just let's just shut them down. Mm. But we knew we had to do better for our students. We couldn't. We had to stop that gap of learning loss. And in July, we were learning about COVID. Over the last five months, we have learned a lot about COVID and how we do things as a district. As part of that, one of the things that we're going to be looking at is we, we committed to looking at the Murray County actual active cases as part of our pivoting. Uh, for the whole district. What we're learning is that number may not be as accurate as we would hoped it to be, and it's also not as predictable as we hoped it to be. For a while, we were able to kind of keep up and had a good idea what the numbers were going to be each day, but now that's kind of changed, and we're learning from the health department. A lot of that is because of bottlenecking, because so many people are testing, Mm -hmm. and just some other reasons. So at this point, we have talked as a COVID response team we have at the district office, which has people from the medical side, teaching side, all different sides that come together for this team. And we are going to probably, we are going to, not probably, we're going to transition to another model as we look at closing the district. And one that just makes sense. Mm -hmm. We want to start looking at a model of pivoting our districts for a COVID outbreak by the numbers we have. So we're going to start looking at actual numbers in our district only. Right. Active school cases. Active school cases, what's happening in the schools, because those numbers are more reliable than what we're getting right now from the state for active cases. Yes. Those are numbers that we know are true. We know are active cases happening and they're live and we get them pretty quickly. So looking at that, starting in January when we start back, one of the things that we'll start putting up on our web page is usually we have that matrix, which is that diagram, are we high, medium, or low, and it usually has the district color n- graphic, county yeah. number. It's a color graphic. We're going to now rely on to what's actually happening in our schools. Yes. So we're going to swap that 1% over from being looking at our county active cases mm-hmm. to 1% at our student active cases. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, yesterday, for example, we were in the hundreds with our students mm-hmm. already. So part of that is taking out the active cases and just putting into it the actual cases happening in the schools mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll have that up, that model up by the end of the day. So I would and. I would encourage parents and community members, go take a look at that uh, matrix, that diagram. It's a color model. And we just strongly feel, and we've talked to community leaders as well as stakeholders, and I think everybody is on board with saying that active case count for Murray County, it's just not as accurate as we would hope it to be, and it's not as predictable as we want it to be. Well, we hired um, more nurses for our district, and so we have a better ability now to track internally. So what we'll be doing is percentage of active of school cases and number of active active school cases will represent our low, medium, and high ranges. And we'll release that, like Mr. Hickman said, um, hopefully on um, Friday or today, maybe Friday. Mm-hmm. We're taping today. This is being taped for a later review at the 18th of uh, Friday, the 18th of December. So um, I won't get into the details of the numbers and everything. We'll just let everyone know that that's being made available, and we'll try to get the word out as best we can. Um, and, and, and I want to talk a little further about COVID-19, too. Yes. You know, first of all, we'd be remiss if we didn't do a shout-out to our teachers and staff in the schools. Mm-hmm. They have been mm-hmm. superheroes uh, this year. Uh, they have really kept these schools running right now. They have given their heart and soul, have doubled the time they've worked, and it's just incredible what we're seeing at that school level, how hard these teachers are working, and they do it for the passion of their kids. And that's that's it. Uh, yeah. It's definitely not for the money. It's <laughs> It's for how much they want to invest in these kids, and they will all say these kids, you know, they need them at school mm-hmm. and we need to have them school happening and they do everything they can to make sure that's happening. You know, we, as we look forward into the future of COVID, we know that on the horizon, there is now a shot, a, um, a vaccine, vaccine, yeah. right. Thank you. a vaccine. However, it's going to be slow in coming how people get that vaccine. So even though we know there's a, hopefully an end 
to this, a light at the end of the tunnel. The next mm-hmm. couple of months, we still have to keep focused on what we're doing and not just dismiss it as, well, we got a vaccine. So right. we're going to continue to be staunch and we're going to continue to lead into this COVID and we're, we'll have to pivot schools, I'm afraid, still. And we're mm-hmm. still going to have to, mm-hmm. you know, keep doing these measures that the Tennessee Department of Health has laid out for us to do to try to keep people as safe as we possibly can. All right, Mr. Gaines, would you tell us a little bit how the COVID-19 has affected the school district with the academics? So certainly, again, like Mr. Hickman said, you know, first of all, uh, you know, just shout out to the teachers that uh, teachers, staff, everyone that has just chipped in. I mean, we've changed our instructional strategies to meet. Uh, the needs of kids. Uh, we have, you know, students who choose to be at home, and we've Remote had learning, to uh, yes. uh, reach out to them and and uh, deliver that instruction either virtually or, or via packets, and uh, that takes a lot of work for teachers, you know, working in the classroom and then also trying to work with remote students. That, uh, as you know, uh, technology can be great, but you also have to learn how to, you know, do the technology. We have to learn how to, you know, how can I adapt my instruction differently because I'm doing it via camera versus doing it directly uh you know some so as most teachers are very much hands-on we have to think about how can we do those things differently uh also you know we uh, we couldn't do this without parents uh especially those parents that uh are working with remote children i mean they have to be there to make sure kids are getting on to make sure they are, are especially younger kids if they you know have those devices that they're uh, doing those assignments and, and all those things are, are, you know, just those challenges with learning that that um, I feel like, you know, as we've come this semester that we're starting to overcome and we're starting to work through it. Uh, right now we have about 3,400 remote learners. and That's, you know, just over a third of our district uh, students are learning from home. And, and if you had the virtual academy, that upset uh, a, a number even more, about 100 more. So, um we're continuing to learn more every day about how we can uh, uh, improve processes and procedures and everything to uh, uh, work through this uh, COVID pandemic, and, and we're going to continue to get better. And i like to add for the parents, too. I, I am just so thankful for our parents because this community has really given us a lot of grace. And they've had a lot of understanding when we do have to pivot a school. They, they, they really understand what that means for the safety of kids and have really been supportive of these decisions. And I can't say thank you enough to the parents for that flexibility, grace to us. I have to say, even the grandparent, I'm a grandparent right now of uh, students in school. And this morning, they all showed up at my house or late last night because they didn't have school today, right, right. the 18th of December. And so they came to my house with their laptops and their devices, and they all set up this morning, had breakfast, and they got on, got ready for school to do remote learning today. It was it was actually quite a sight to see, right. and you know, so it's the, it's the parents, it's the grandparents, it's the community at large that do a great job. Before we go to the break, Mr. Her- Mr. Perriman, let me talk to you about um, the COVID nineteen. Well, first thing, it sounds like you've got a good setup going at your house. So <laughs> we do. Uh, we give do. me the address. I'll bring the busload of kids over there every day That's if true. you want us to. It's not, um, a, bit, it's not a very big house. <laughs> just just a couple of things on, on our end, on the operations end. One, um, through our safety department, we've handled the purchase of PPEs and we distribute those out. We've worked with the state to make sure that our folks have what they need. That's still an evolving process uh, as, as we've gotten through the year and figured out some of what our folks do and what they, they do have to have. So we've, we've provided those and kind of managed the district's funds to make sure that we are, uh, we're doing a, a good job with the resources we've been given. And the second thing, I said this at the board meeting the other night, and I, just, I feel like I have to. No one wanted to go home in March when we got sent home. Mm-hmm. Uh, teachers didn't want to. Kids didn't want to. My folks didn't get to. Uh, we never stopped working. Our maintenance team kept working. Our tech folks uh, hit a gear that they didn't know they could hit and Overdrive. have not slowed down <laughs> yeah. uh, since then. And, and, you know, over the, the end of last year and through the summer, we fit, we served over 300,000 meals through our nutrition department uh, for folks to pick up. And, in mm-hmm. fact, they're serving curbside meals today. So I have to do a shout-out to the 600 people on my side of the house who uh, who just didn't get that option? Right. Uh, bus drivers went home, but then bus drivers came in to help with other things. So, yeah. uh, a big shout out to them. But but COVID has really been a, a challenge for our buildings, for keeping them clean, for keeping people safe, mm-hmm. uh, and then for just working with Mr. Gaines. And, and we manage the resources that we have 
to make sure we're providing our staff with what they need. All right. Any last thoughts on that, Mr. Hickman, before I go to break? Uh, the only thing I can think of right now is just, you know, this community has really came together when they it came, comes to the kids mm-hmm. of the community and making sure we're doing what's best for these kids. And that's academically and their health, social, emotional. And uh, just keep asking for that continued grace and flexibility and patience with us as we move forward to January and February, because that's also moving into the time of the year where the flu is Mm -hmm. really start to spike. So we really want to keep these kids safe. Absolutely. Um, Thank you, guys. We're going to go ahead and head to break. I'm here with Michael Hickman, Scott Gaines, and Eric Perriman on the Big Yellow School Bus, 103.7 FM WKRM. We'll be back after the break. Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show on 103.7 FM WKRM. We are here talking about the state of schools with Superintendent Michael Hickman, Assistant Superintendent Scott Gaines, and Assistant Superintendent Eric Perriman. Thanks, guys, for coming today. Um, Let's go ahead and... uh, talk about some of the things coming up in the school district, some important dates that we might want to share with our community. Uh, Mr. Gaines, do you have some dates you'd like to throw out there? Well, you know, the first big date I, I want to share that uh, school starts back on January 4th. Monday, January yeah, 4th. Monday. Uh, I know in the past it's been a uh, PD day and, and uh, we generally have that, but uh, we moved our, our professional development days this year because of, we were training for remote learning uh, to the front of the calendar. So uh, January 4th, that's, that's the first day of school, and we all come back. First day for students and first day for staff. Uh, I do want to, you know, as, as we look forward, uh, ACT is on March 16th. Uh, I know seniors or juniors are getting ready for that. That's our ACT day. Hashtag. MCPS 21. Watch for it. It's going to be big. Uh, I also want to, we do have the uh, 21, 22, 22, 23 calendars posted out there. So if people want to go ahead and look and see when that fall break twister. is and, and all those <laughs> things like that, they can be able to, you know, check out our website. I also want to talk about, you know, we've uh, uh, we've launched Let's Talk and it's a uh, uh, system that will allow uh, anyone to uh, uh, send a question uh, and, and and we can direct those questions to if it needs to be a principal or school or uh, someone in the central office that will uh, help you get an answer to whatever you need. So, uh be ready to look out for that. It's, I think it's already it, out it, there. It is and, out there, and, and, and there's uh, two two ways. We have a page under About Us, yeah. and we also have a tab that you can click on now on the side of the right side of the website, mm-hmm. and it'll pop out a little dialog box that'll allow you to send a message. Cool. You, you yeah. know what I like to add on that is that one of the great things about this. There's been many times where parents or somebody has had a question, but they didn't know who to direct it to. Yes. And that is one of the best things about Let's Talk. Because if you don't know, but you have that question or that comment, that you can just submit it and it will get to the right place fairly quickly. Yes, it will. And I, I just want to add one more thing. I know we. Uh, it seems like we inundate you with surveys and, and those things like that, but uh, we do that because we want your input. We want everyone's input. We, we, we try to uh, not make decisions in a vacuum and we you know we want to know from you how, uh, what you're thinking uh, and we want to get your opinion so we always think that that is uh, so valuable uh, uh, also want to just mention the last day of school is uh, uh, drum roll please <laughs> <laughs> the last day of school for students is May 21st May 21st. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, that was a change in the calendar. It was yes. May 24th. But the last day for students is May 21st. Excellent. 2021. So we know everybody come back comes back on Monday the 4th, January, right. um, which was traditionally a PD day. So make note of that if you're listening, that Monday the 4th is a full day for all students at all schools. Um, I wanted to um, tell everybody about um, coming up very soon. 
Um, on December 22nd, the Well Outreach is going to be giving away Galilee food boxes at Brown Elementary from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. and Riverside Elementary from 12 to 1 p.m. This is um, the schools will be closed, but there will they, we will have a drive-through where you can any student in need or on remote learning. Um, currently, everybody will be off for the holidays, but they had quite a few boxes reserved for the people in need and people on remote learning. So the Well Outreach has decided that they want to continue helping uh, before the holidays. Give away some more food. There's ten meals and ten snacks per box per student. So, again, it's at uh, Brown Elementary, 10 to 11.30, and Riverside Elementary, 12 to 1 on Tuesday, December 22nd. And, Mr. Cobb, I'd, I'd like to also kind of talk about, because it's been in the, uh, the, the rumor mill, if you will, that the rumor mill about <laughs> the rumor mill. Snow days about pivoting when we have snow days to remote days. And let me go ahead and tell you, the state has came back, the state board of education, and just to let everybody know that as long as we have inclement weather days in that are stored, we cannot turn a snow day into a remote day. It has the only way we can do turn a day into a remote day is if it is COVID related. Okay. So now what the state board has said, let's say it's going to be an awful winter and we used go through all of our incle- mm-hmm. inclement weather days. Right. What right. they said is now you may use those after you have used up all of your inclement weather. So once days. we've exhausted our our weather days, if yes. that happens. We Correct. can go ahead and implement remote learning. So good news for all the students that if we have a snow day, that you do get to go out and play in the snow. And get to go sledding. You won't be doing school those days. Yeah. But I just wanted to clarify that. That's a, that's a great important uh, reminder that um, snow days will continue to be snow days. Um, inclement weather days will continue to be inclement weather days as long as we have those days available. Yeah. That's a good point. Thanks for uh, bringing that up, Mr. That's Hickman. Right. Um, Mr. Perriman, did you have anything on in dates, important things coming up towards the second semester to share? No. We, once we're, we're back, we just hope there's a date. Hopefully, we announce pretty soon that most everybody is back. That's what we're looking forward to. Excellent. Um, and, and make sure that everybody's safe when they do it. All right. Something I like to do on the Big Yellow School Bus, and, and I think I'll go ahead and start it off and kick it off. We've done a few shout-outs to, mm-hmm. today already, talking about um, important things that our teachers and our faculty mm-hmm. and our staff and everything do. I just really um, appreciate being a part of the COVID response team, which is everybody in this room, Scott, mm-hmm. Michael, Eric, myself, plus we have Laurie Stanton, Lisa Ventura, and Mr. Chris Pointer. Mm-hmm. I want to shout out to this entire group. Carl and uh, oh, Carl Mr. Carl Lindsay. Lang, yes. yep, Mr. Uh-huh. Carl Scott Lang, Scott and Scott Lindsay, and nurse, nurse Alley, and Nurse Alley. Man, there's a big team, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And I wasn't even getting them all. Shout out to every one of them because they put a lot of effort into making sure that we are monitoring, tracking, and making the right decisions for our district as far as it goes for COVID nineteen. Um, and they are relentless in their pursuit of making sure that our we're, we're safe, you know, with Eric and cleaning schools, Mr. Hickman making the tough decisions to say, yes, let's pivot to remote learning, and Mr. Gaines mm-hmm. managing with his team the remote learning. So my shout-out is to that team. Um, thank you. They do an excellent job, and there's a lot of tough decisions that do go on in that room. Mm-hmm. And I, I – and, you know, shutting a school down is not as easy as some people think or pivoting them to remote. But I like to give my shout out right quick. Sure. Uh, you know, I've already shout out to all of our teachers and EAs and cafeteria workers and everybody that has made this year work. We are just so we can't say thank you enough to those folks and then to the parents I've made a shout out to but I also want to give a shout out to our board of education i have to say that our board this is we talk about an unusual year for the decisions we have to make mm-hmm. well our board has met a lot this year beyond the scheduled days just to make sure we're we're getting those policies and procedures mm-hmm. in place to make sure that we're running the schools effectively, keeping the staff and students safe. And they have put a lot of hours themselves into this. And I just want to say thank you and a big shout out to the Board of Education, along with all those other people. Absolutely. I, I would echo that, that Board of Education. I mean, they do a job that's almost thankless, um, and they devote a lot more time than just coming to a meeting maybe twice a month. They are 
always being a Board of Education leader. Yeah. Mr. Gaines. So I have three shout-outs. The first one I want to give a shout-out to is uh, uh, principals and assistant principals. Uh, we've asked you to do a lot of things uh, that are different from what you normally uh, do sometimes in this year, and you have uh, just stepped up and done what you need to do. And, and uh, we, uh, I, I'm just proud of the effort that you guys have, your your. Uh, I know I've been on calls with some of you guys on Saturday, Sunday, and we've talked about, you know, that we need to pivot to school or that we've got cases. And I'm just really um, shout out to our, our administrators. My second one is uh, just the uh, central office staff, uh, their flexibility and, and willingness to uh, do whatever needs to be done. I mean, I think we all have uh, had uh uh, lessons in making packets and putting things together or or just doing whatever it takes that needs to be done to support the schools. And uh, my third shout out is to my compadres here, uh, the, the executive team. I, I've been uh, it's been uh, really great to work with both of you. And I really appreciate you and shout out to your guys for uh just just being able to work with y'all. And, and it, it's, you know, we've had a pandemic, but you guys certainly made it better. Thank you, Mr. Gaines. And finally, Mr. Perriman. And I'll echo, they've kind of thanked everybody that we can thank. And I think from the kids to the teachers to the admin, um, everyone has done a spectacular job. I mentioned my folks earlier, and they've not get getting to go home, bus drivers and techs and uh, the maintenance folks, food services folks. But I want to specifically say this, because sometimes in, in our positions we can uh, – we can come up with things that are those top-down things that we say, hey, you're going to do this, and we sometimes forget uh, what those boots on the ground, how it really yeah. impacts them. Yeah. And I yeah. think we try real hard not to, but to the folks that are in my office and, and the folks that I interact with daily, mm -hmm. sometimes I can throw some things at them. And so Madison and Misty and Jonathan and Dave, um, they have to put up with us, and they, they really do a great job moving everybody forward. Uh, these gentlemen have worked hard, and, and I think it shows through everything. It, you know, the bottom line is we have a lot of unsung heroes in Murray County Public Schools. We go out of our way as a collective team to make students' lives better, to grow them, to to make them responsible adults, to make sure they can read and write by third grade, to make sure they're um, TN ready, I mean ready at graduation to be able to face the world, whether it be a welding job or whether it be getting perfect score on an ACT. Cool. I, perfect score is like a 35. Wow. <laughs> that would be so cool. I, I'm sure we have them in our district. Um, I don't have any names or anything, but thank you to Every unsung hero, every teacher that uh, that takes her job home with her or him every night mm -hmm. and and does so much to help the students in our county. You are all heroes. This has been the State of the Schools with Superintendent Michael Hickman, Assistant Superintendent Scott Gaines, and Assistant Superintendent Eric Perriman. Guys, thank you so much for coming. Um, this has been a very special episode. It'll be videotaped and be available later in the week. I thank you so much. I want to wish you all a happy holiday, Merry Christmas, and a happy Christmas. New Year. Merry Christmas, Absolutely. everyone. A well-needed break for everyone. Yeah. This is Jack Cobb, your school bus driver. You are on the Big L School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show on WKRM 103.7 FM. Thanks, and have a great holiday. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. and Sundays at 7 p.m. to hear more about what's going on at Murray County Public Schools right here on WKRM 103.7 FM and 1340 a.m.